morning, everybody, and a very warm welcome to Hillhead at the Grovner, especially anybody who is visiting. I think if we have visitors, they've sneaked in under the chairs, but uh, nice to see one or two folk back with us who have been unable to be here for a few weeks as well. Um, I'm leading the service this morning. Uh, everything you need to follow the service is on the printed order of service. Can I just say at this point, to save me saying it later, we will remain seated throughout the service this morning. It is deliberately a fairly quiet, reflective service. The Kelvin Suite is available throughout the whole service, so if anybody or any younger ones who are here... Our call to worship this morning is taken from the Baptist Resource Gathering for Worship. Walk softly as you come here, for this is holy ground. God dwells in this place. God, the Lord of time and space, was here before us and is here now. Tread soft carefully as you come here, for this is holy ground. By God's life-giving word, every creature was spoken into existence and is loved into eternity. God, the Lord of abundant life, was here before us and is here now. Walk quietly as you come here, for this is holy ground. Now is the time, and here is the place, to listen intently to God's spirit within us, to see, as for the first time, the hidden depths of Christ's suffering for us, to look expectantly for the signs of God's kingdom around us. Holy God, softly, Carefully, quietly, we come here, celebrating your presence within us and between us, this day and always.
And now let's come to God in prayer. And again, as before, the prayers this morning come from gathering for worship. And after I've guided us, we will join together in the Lord's Prayer in whichever version feels the most normal and natural. Let us pray. Lord God, whether we have rushed or taken our time in coming to church, we have come ill-prepared. You have invited us to meet with you. You have created space for time together that will affect all the other moments of the week. You have called us to take time to recall your love and mercy. And yet we've come in heedlessly as if we were going shopping. We may even have lists in our minds of things we want you to sort out of feelings and emotions that we want to gain and which will last us without too much effort. We've not prepared ourselves to worship. Stop us now and help us as we wonder at the scope of your love. You care for each of us as if you care for each one alone. Help us to face you today, to receive what you want to give and to wonder at your love. Hear us now as we join our voices in the prayer Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. So today we continue our summer series looking at aspects of spirituality. And it's, for me anyway, been interesting as, as each week's gone along so far, I found connections and threads for the weeks before. We've already thought about our personality and our preferences and how they can inform our spirituality or be informed by our spirituality. Last week, we thought a little bit about public and private aspects to worship and prayer, individual and collective. And today, we're going to change direction a little bit and focus on a specific type of spirituality, one that is sometimes referred to as contemplative spirituality, generally a quieter, more still approach to God. In the book that I've been using just to give me some sparks to work with, they call it the prayer-filled life. And the idea is that prayer, all sorts of things can be prayer, not just formally um, asking God for things. So the service this morning is going to be quiet and reflective and largely still. Now that may suit lots of us, but there may be some people who desperately need to be doing something. <laughs> so if you're somebody who needs to be doing or prefers to be doing, Feel no embarrassment at just after this first uh, little section, going through to the other room where we've got some Lego, we've got some colouring, we've got some books, um, various things. 
If you are a quieter person who likes to colour, you can always get something from the back and come back to your seat, whichever works for you. Right, let's meet Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence was a 17th century lay brother who worked in a monastery kitchen. He wrote a little book called The Practice of the Presence of God, and he never intended for that book to be published. But it remains popular to this day with its honest and grounded thoughts on Christian spirituality. One of the ways his thoughts are often summed up is in this little sentence. I turn the little omelette in my pan for the love of God. So let's just listen to some words that Brother Lawrence wrote in what was to become his book, translated into modern-day English. I have found in many books many different ways of going to God and many different practices to living the spiritual life. I began to see that this was only confusing me, as the thing I was seeking was to become holy gods. Thus, I resolved to give my all for God's all. And having given myself wholly to God, that he might take away my sin, I renounced, for the love of God, everything that was not God. And I began to live as if there was none but God and I in the world. Sometimes I imagined myself standing before him as a poor criminal at the feet of a judge. At other times I beheld him in my heart as my father and as my God. I worshipped him as often as I could keeping my mind in his holy presence and recalling it back to God as often as I found that it had wandered from him.
just before we move into our next reflection, can I check if there is anybody who has a nut allergy? Okay, I think we should be okay. That's great. Thank you. <coughs> Mother Julian of Norwich was a 14th century Benedictine nun and mystic known for her revelations of divine love. And probably one of the best known and best loved of her med meditations or revelations is the one about the hazelnut. And so I'm going to pass around some bowls of hazelnuts and just ask you to take one and to hold it. <coughs> You may like just to hold the nut in the palm of your hand or both hands, whatever feels comfortable for you. Just to sit with it for a moment and focus on it. The Lord showed me something small, no bigger than a hazelnut, lying in the palm of his hand as it seemed to me, and it was round as a ball. I looked at it with the eye of my understanding and thought, what can this be? I was amazed that it could last. For I thought that because of its littleness, it would have suddenly fallen into nothing. <coughs> and I was answered in my understanding. It lasts and always will because God loves it. <coughs> and thus everything has being through the love of God. In this little thing, I saw three properties. The first is that God made it. <coughs> the second is that God loves it. The third is that God preserves it. But what did I see in it? It is that God is the creator and the protector and the lover. For until I am substantially united to him, I can never have perfect rest or true happiness until, that is, I am so attached to him that there can be no created thing between my God and me.
And these words of the goodness of God are very dear to the soul and very close to the touching of our Lord's will. For his goodness fills all his creatures and his blessed works full and endlessly overflow with them. For he is everlastingness and he has made us only for himself and restored us by his precious passion and always preserves us in his blessed love. And all of this is his goodness. Our first reading is Psalm 8. God, brilliant Lord, uses a household name. Nursing infants gurgle choruses about you. Toddlers shout the songs that drown out any talk and silence atheist babble. I look up at your macro skies, dark and enormous, your handmade sky jewellery, moon and stars mounted in their settings. Then I look at my micro self and wonder, why do you bother with us? Why take a second look our way? Yet we've so narrowly missed being gods, bright with Eden's dawn light. You put us in charge of your handcrafted world, repeated to us your Genesis charge, made us lords of sheep and cattle, even animals out in the wild, birds flying and fish swimming, whales singing in the ocean deeps. God, brilliant Lord, your name echoes around the world. And from John's Gospel, chapter 14. Don't let this throw you. You trust God, don't you? Trust me. There is plenty of room for you in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm on my way to get a room ready for you? And if I'm on my way to get your room ready, I'll come back and get you, so you can live where I live. And you already know the way I'm taking. Thomas said, Master, we have no idea where you're going. How do you expect us to know the road? Jesus said, I am the road, also the truth, also the life. No one gets to the Father apart from me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him. You've even seen him. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming back. In just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. At that point, you will know absolutely that I am in my Father and you're in me and I in you.
This morning we're going to share in a very ancient way of reflecting on scripture. It has a name, I think in Latin, Lectio Divina, which simply means divine reading. And it goes back probably as far as the 5th century. So 1500, 1600 years people have been reading scripture in this way. There are lots of variations on it. It's a thing that people do in many different ways, and that's fine. But at the heart of it is to sit with a passage of scripture in silence, either guided or unguided for an extended period of time. So today we're going to have a go at doing this in a guided way. And I'm going to pass out to you some copies of the readings we've just heard and invite you to choose whichever of the two you prefer to sit with for the next while. Maybe as Grace read them and as you reflected during the music, there was something in one of those that already had stood out for you. Does everybody have one who wants one? We've got any some sp- do we have some spares? Any spares? Thank you. Spares. Does everybody have one? So first of all, just get yourself comfortable. Try to let go of whatever's running through your mind. And for the next little while, we will keep silent, listening for God. I'd like to invite you to read whichever passage it is you've chosen, very slowly and very carefully, and see if any word or phrase stands out for you. If there was a word or a phrase that you noticed, sit with that for a while maybe repeating it over and over in your head, savouring the feel of it, allowing it to begin to soak into your very being. And now allow that phrase or that word to stir up within you ideas or feelings or questions. And as those ideas or words or whatever it is arise within you, 
What is it that God might be saying to you? And now allow those thoughts to become a prayer. Maybe thanking God for something. Maybe seeking God's help. There is no right or wrong answer. And then just savour a few more moments of stillness and quiet, aware that God is very near. going to move to the 16th century now and to one of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. The examine prayer is usually done at the end of the day, just before you go to bed. Or in the version that we're going to share this morning, at the end of the week. And it's probably especially helpful for people who have a heart personality because it emphasizes feelings and emotions. 
But it is also valuable for head and gut people because we are using our minds and we respond instinctively to it. It's a very positive kind of prayer. It focuses on gratitude and hope. And people who are having a difficult time often find it to be especially helpful. So we're going to use a recording from the Jesuit organization, Pray As You Go, and use their examine for the end of the week. Relax, be still, and let the tensions of today and of the past week slip away. Remember that you are in the presence of God who rejoices that you've come here, now. No matter how distracted or forgetful you may have been. Ask God to help you reflect on the past week. Focus in particular on things you're grateful for. Allow this week to gently surface. Focus on how it has been for you. Don't choose what you think you should be grateful for, but rather see what emerges, what you notice, even slightly. And as you notice it emerging, allow gratitude to take hold of you and express this to God, who at this moment is looking at you with great love.
Ask God to enlighten you, to shine light into your heart, so that when you look back, you may be able to see where God was working in the things that have happened. Ask God to show you what God wants you to see. Again, look over the events of the week. This time ask the Holy Spirit to show you where God's presence has been in your life, either in you, or in others close to you, or in life around you. Remember the people you met and the things that have happened. On the whole, was it a good or a bad time? Was it normal or unusual in some way? Whom did you meet? Was there anything surprising? Does anything special come to mind? What events in your life and surroundings are standing out for you? interior events were significant for you? How did you feel in everything that happened? Notice what stands out, even slightly. Maybe joy, pain, turmoil, an increase of love, anger, peace, isolation. Maybe you had a good week and were really happy. What caused your feelings and did they change?
Where do you sense you were being drawn by God's Spirit? Where do you feel God trying to lead you? So now, express your thanks for the times when you have cooperated with God, when you feel you were working together, and your sorrow for the times you maybe got in the way. Express what needs to be expressed, praise, sorrow, gratitude, a desire for change, intercession, What aspects of your life particularly need God's help? Ask God for your needs for tomorrow and the coming week. You might want to celebrate in some way, to overcome something, to be more sensitive to God in your environment, to let go, to deal with some issue, to be open to conversion in some area, to make some decisions. Remember how our loving God is longing to help us and express your needs. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.
blessing of God, life giver, pain bearer, love maker, be with us all, now and always. Oh.